So if you could recognize behavior, you could sort of recognize that you're putting them into a position that they don't want to be, mm. which I feel like if you know nothing about cats and then you just throw them up there, you might not recognize these sort of smaller, you know, because that's how animals communicate is through their body language. And you really need to know how to listen to that. So like uh, when I'm doing it in studio, like a client in studio, I have like, you know, a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, a plan E. So like all these different <laughs> scenarios that can happen depending on how the cat reacts while they're up on my modeling table. Well, welcome to another episode of the Light and Dark Photography Podcast. I am your host, John Mansfield. Uh, this is a podcast for photographers and creative entrepreneurs to help you build your community, grow your business, and have the lifestyle you always dreamed of. Uh, today, my guest is Tonka. We are going to be talking about pet photography, animal photography, um, how to do that, all of those things, um, some some tips and tricks there, and uh, as well as uh, kind of Tonka's journey into uh, photographing cats. Uh, but yeah, Tonka, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get to chat with you. This is, um, I've I've really admired your photos uh, for a little while. I don't remember how, I think it was just probably the TikTok algorithm that was just like, you like you're into the Adams family. You're into like kind of dark Gothic stuff and also photography. So here, here's Tonka. Uh, <laughs> so thanks, TikTok. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Um, could you give us a little like background on you, where you're based, what you photograph, all those things? Yeah. Um, right now I'm located in Colorado. I service all cities in Colorado. You know, I don't mind to drive to see cats, honestly. Right. So, um, my books are currently closed, but I hope to open them up, um, for Christmas time. Um, yeah, I'm a pet photographer and I specialize in cats. Um, I have sort of a fine art, Gothic spooky style. And I also like to incorporate props and just put cats in, if I can put cats in unique scenarios that you don't often see them in. Um, my main goal as a cat photographer is to sort of normalize cats and bring cats to the forefront of people because, um, there's not a lot of education around cats as much as there is, you know, other animals like dogs. Oh, yeah. And so when people, they see my work and they're like, Oh my God, like, how'd you do that? And it's like, you know, it's, it's possible because people are like, wow, I thought cats just like hid the whole time. Like that's, that's crazy. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely opened my eyes more to cats. Um, like I had a bunch of cats growing up. We, we lived on a, I would say a farm, but it wasn't, it used to be like a barn and then we repurposed it into a house is an interesting thing. Um, but we had a ton of animals, goats and dogs and chickens and cats. And we had like three cats and then one of them had a litter of like 12. So we had wow. a ton of cats at one time. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was like, we, we always had dogs growing up and then, uh, and then we had these cats and we'd, it was a very different thing. Uh, and I had never really liked cats. I was always quote unquote dog person, um, which I hear that a ton of people are just like, you know, more of a dog person than a cat person. I was like, mm -hmm. actually, like our cats were really cool, except for the one that bit through my thumb. 
that was well, that was that was a little bit my fault. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, the, I love that you're really highlighting um, and like educating about cats because there's so much about dogs out there and like a lot of pet photographers that photograph dogs and you know showcase that. Yeah, especially where I'm from, like we are definitely a, a dog heavy state. Oh, yeah. And there's there's tons of very fantastic uh, dog photographers here. And I actually did dogs for way longer than I have been doing cats. Um, but I just was it was something like, you know, I own cats. And in, in the back of my head, I was like, you know, cats aren't possible because no, no one's doing it. So therefore, it's not possible. Right. <laughs> but once I started to do it more and more, and then it was like, okay, maybe this is actually possible. And it's just, I think um, maybe photographers, especially here, I don't know in other states, but it's like their background is in dogs. So that's just what they're going to do. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something about like, you know, dogs are, are, you know, quote unquote trainable and like they can sit and like look at the camera and all that. Um, I, I love that you, uh, I, I don't know. I just love those stories of like, this isn't possible. Like no one's doing this, but then you see that, uh, that like hole in the market where, uh, no one is photographing pet or cats and you're like, I'm going to do this. Um, how did that, how did that come about? How did you like, start with photographing cats um i started volunteering at uh shelters primarily um that's the the very first thing i did when i transitioned from dogs to cats and then i sort of just i go to the shelter and it's like how do you make these cats not look like they are you know just in stuffed in a cage and all this stuff so that was like a huge learning curve and while i was doing that i was like hey you know I sort of take my approach to cats uh, most of the time, all the time is like um, a wildlife thing. So like similarly how, you know, wildlife photographers, you know, they just set, set themselves down and they don't really interact with the animals at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I found that to be very helpful with cats who, you know, are scared or they do try to hide. And and I did learn that during the shelter. And um, that's when I started. Then with my own cats, I started doing um, studio photography, um, my cat, um, my little fat cat Wednesday, she is <laughs> trained. Um, that's what a lot of people don't believe me is like, Oh, you know, you know, like you said, like, Oh, you, you know, cats can't sit, but they actually right. can, they are very trainable. And I think that they are more trainable than dogs as far as they learn a lot quickly, quick, more quickly. Um, so I learned that with my own cats and then I was sort of like, okay, you know, how can I apply this to, to clients? And that, that was sort of my journey. That's cool. Yeah. And, and I, I, it's, it's really interesting. Cause I, I did think for the longest time cats are not trainable until I saw my friend Devin's cat who was like, just, you know, wild off, you know, would go, you know, jump the fence and all that. And all he'd have to do is just call his name and then he'd come run and back or they'd be able to walk in the park together and not have to be on a leash or anything. And, you know, he'd, you know, go like look at a squirrel or whatever, but then just come back and walk right next to him. I was like, that's really cool. And, you know, growing up around dogs, I had no idea. Uh, and that's, that's very cool that like, like Wednesday's all trained and everything to get her to sit and, and take photos. And like your, your studio work is stunning and very, very cool. Like with the collars and everything that you have. (laughs) Um, but that's really cool. So like, um, was that something 
I mean, when uh, like you you got into photographing uh, like by um, by volunteering um, at the pet shelter, which I think is amazing. Um, and more people need to volunteer in places, uh, pet shelters and different charities and stuff. Like there's been so much uh, like that's kind of how I got into portrait work was volunteering for different charities and helping them with taking headshots. And I was like, Oh, actually I kind of like taking headshots for people. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, but yeah, that's, um, like over, over your career, just like over life, has there been something that either a lesson or, um, a piece of advice or something that's like changed your outlook on life or your outlook on, on business in general? Um, I think, uh, volunteering, you know, is, is definitely like you, you pointed on it a little bit. Um, I still volunteer anytime, you know, I can't fill a booking in, in my calendar. I, mm-hmm. I just volunteer. And, um, also I think a huge part of pet photography is actually end of life or, you know, rainbow bridge as we call them. Yeah. Um, which is something I, I never really thought about, um, beforehand, but 60, 60 to 70% of my bookings are actually end of life. And that has, I think that is like one of the biggest things as far as I realized as a business and how I can use photography to really, really help people because after their animal passes, my clients will reach out to me and they'll be like, wow, you know, I, these photos are extremely important to me. Like you'll have no idea how important these photos are for me. So, um, that was definitely like the biggest thing I think I've learned. Um, and just how impactful that photography actually can be for, for people and for families. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially like that, that end of life, you know, you're starting, you know, cause pets have, such a shorter lifespan than us unless you're like talking about sea turtles or something birds, uh, yeah, yeah or birds yeah <laughs> it's like all right in my will i'm gonna pass this parrot down to my kids yeah <laughs> um, oh speaking of kids what hold on just a second it's, okay it's all right bye okay sweet yeah work from home this is the this is the life i got got work here i got kids out there um but oh, yeah but yeah that that life cycle like their life cycle is often shorter than ours and you know i remember um one of my childhood pets like when he was like 12 13 year old dog like you start to think about that like yeah this might be the last year or two and really focusing on like capturing those moments and uh and and looking through like i i noticed that i didn't have a lot of photos of like the two of us together and i was like oh yeah like i've i've snapped some photos i was not a good photographer as a teenager uh, but you know snapping some some uh you know 35 millimeter photos of of my pets um but yeah that those photos especially after they're gone and not with you anymore just holds so much uh so much emotion like so much joy and like thinking back over all the memories that you have um and i love that you get to do that for them yeah i mean people are always like oh my god does it make you sad and I'm always like look at me do i look like i'm bothered by death like let's be honest <laughs> um not to say that it's not sad i right. mean it's, it's so sad but it's like i'm 
I'm fully comfortable with death. Um, and so I just try to do the best that I can. And, um, a lot of times, like even recently, like they don't, these pets don't even have a year, you know, like they have a week. And so it's like, how do you, how do you, you know, photograph something? Cause people are always like, you know, I get comments on social media. That's like, why do you want to, you know, capture an animal that's suffering? So it's, it's like, it's not to that point, you know, it's not like that, but it does mean that they have, you know, low mobility or, you know, something like that, different challenges as a photographer. Um, so yeah, sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I like that, that focus on, you know, really keeping, uh, keeping their name alive and like keeping that, uh, those thoughts and memories Get freedom back into your life with Freedom Edits. Do you often feel overwhelmed by the endless supply of photos, the amazing photos that you've taken, and you're just needing to edit them now? And they're just piling up and piling up. I know the feeling. I feel you. I was you not too long ago. But Freedom Edits is a team of photo and video editors who absolutely love to edit. You know that thing that you don't really super enjoy? Maybe you really love taking the photos, but you hate editing. These people love editing. They are a unicorn. They are amazing. And what I love about Freedom Edits, other than regaining more time to work on my business and spend afternoons with my kids and evenings with my wife, is that they are very hands-on with feedback. They want to know all the little tweaks you'd make to their edits, and then they learn how to better match your style. Now, I hardly have to adjust anything when I receive galleries back from my editor, Nick. What is up, Nick? You are amazing. So head to lightdarkco.com slash freedom to get 30% off your first order. Their prices are hella affordable anyway for the amount of time that they save you already. So get 30% off lightdarkco.com slash freedom and get more freedom in your life. But yeah, so like a little, little behind the scenes, I kind of want to go behind the scenes of, uh, of Tonka's camera and like how you're interacting with the cats and, uh, like for anyone who's really interested in, in pet photography, I know there's, um, a listener, Ayla, who, uh, texted me earlier today, very excited about this episode, um, (laughs) because she, uh, like she works with, with horses and, uh, she loves, uh, volunteering with the, uh, the local, um, Uh, kennel and taking photos of pets do you have any tips for like how to really get good interaction from pets cats dogs all that yeah so how i like to look at pet photography there's there's two different kinds right so you have the kind where it's mostly for prints mostly for for competitions and stuff Mm -hmm. which is very common with with trained, highly, highly trained animals, which you see a lot in dogs, um, especially coming out of Germany. Like the pet photography in Germany is absolutely incredible and insane, but most of the time they are very highly, highly trained. And that again, makes you able to create these just crazy, you know, you can play with the pets posing. You can play with the pets, you know, positioning and how you're going to like train them to do specific actions and then capture that. And that's completely different than working with untrained clients, 
you know, just regular people off the street. So I think you really need to like, as a photographer, decide which route you want to take. Do you want to just do it for, you know, very specific art and competition, or do you want to do it like professionally in the field? Um, then like the second most important thing. And I think why specializing in animals is important is because half of, um, pet photography is your actual understanding of the animal, the animal's behavior and, um, how to sort of, if you're working like with clients, it's like how to put, how to recognize their behavior, how to sort of get them into a position without forcing them into that position, how to photograph them without stressing them and sort of like how to use your environment to create, you know, just as good images as you would for, um, um, printing or or whatever, but they are, they are completely different sort of, um, sections. Like when I work with my cat Wednesday, she's trained so I could do all this crazy stuff, but you know what I'm doing, like an end of life, that's, that's sort of like, completely different. So, um, if like equestrian photography, I've, I've never photographed a horse just because I've never met one and I have no clue to like how to put it into, I watched uh, like, you know, I did a couple of courses on equestrian photography and I was like, Oh my God. Cause they have like specific ways to like, you got to like do this with the horse to like, and like the positioning and like all this stuff. So oh, yeah. it really, it really comes down to like your understanding of the animal itself first and then like the photography is sort of like second to that yeah which i've i've photographed a few horses which i am not a horse person i (laughs) didn't grow up around them uh i sat on one when i was seven and that was it and uh Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's been interesting like during engagement sessions and, and things like that i've had couples bring their horses um and not knowing anything about them. I was like, Oh, I didn't. Cause they were like, Oh, we got to get their ears up for the photo. Yeah, Like it's going to look weird if their ears are down. And I was like, that wouldn't have been something uh, as a photographer I would have thought of. Um, but like now the next time that I photograph horses, I'll be like, okay, yeah. Ears up. I had like, I like building that kind of like arsenal of information and knowledge of, uh, each individual animal, uh, I think is really cool. And I I like that you had those distinctions of like the, the, like the, the model, um, like professional trained, uh, (laughs) animals where it's, it's going to be easier to do like the, the more, um, like, like all the, the studio work where they're just like sitting there posed, looking right at the camera, like all that kind of stuff versus the wildlife, capturing them in their element, um, which I, I feel relates to kids so much. Like that's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's interesting doing like shooting family photos where I'll show up sometimes and the kids are like super trained and they all just stand there and like do whatever I, I ask because they know that they're getting ice cream or whatever afterwards. And I'm like, Hey, yeah. this is super easy. And then other times like, okay, we're going to go more uh, wildlife style where I'm really just interacting with you and how you're doing. Cause if I'm forcing you into something, they're going to start crying or throwing a fit, um, which I feel like that's uh, pretty similar with, with animals too. If you're forcing them into a pose that they don't want, they're, they're not going to have it. Yeah. And I think that's where the sort of like niche comes in handy because I, I recognize cat behavior and I can sort of see like if what we're doing is upsetting the cat or not, or 
Same thing with dogs. If you could recognize behavior, you could sort of recognize that you're putting them into a position that they don't want to be, which I feel like if you know nothing about cats and then you just throw them up there, you might not recognize these sort of smaller, you know, because that's how animals communicate is through their body language. And you really need to know how to listen to that. So like uh, when I'm doing it in studio, like a client in studio, I have like, you know, a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, a plan E. So like all these different (laughs) scenarios that can happen depending on how the cat reacts while they're up on my modeling table. So I think like if you have a, a big background in a specific animal, I would definitely focus on that animal first and then sort of like work to learn more because I, I like what I, where I started, I'm studying cat behavior right now. And so I've read like tons of books on cat behavior and I work with behaviorists to get to the point where I am now to get like the images that, you know, seem impossible right. with your everyday cat now. So it's super important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like going back to what you were saying about volunteering at shelters, like, cause you can have your own cats. Like I I've, I've had cats that they act, a certain way and like i know mm-hmm. their mannerisms i know their body language i i knew you know whenever they you know jumped up on the back of the couch i'm like okay cool you want some interaction right now like i've i've been sitting here too long um but like getting around multiple different uh different cats and really learning the the body language and mannerisms of other animals that aren't at your house I think would be super beneficial to really get that overall uh, knowledge that you can use on a shoot where uh, where you might have to go to plan E because you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. their body language is telling me we're not going to do A through C uh, for sure. Um, But also like side note, having uh, having that plan and going into a photo shoot with ideas of, okay. This is what plan A, like amazing dream, like if everything goes perfectly, plan A. And then having those backups to where it's not just like on on the fly thinking of like, okay, this isn't working. Um, What do I do Um, like that? I I feel like that always gives me much more confidence in a photo shoot where I have those backup plans or at least a plan going into it to where I'm like, okay this is what we're doing instead of, I don't know, we'll figure it out. Uh, because often the, I don't know, we'll figure it out. I, I get distracted or I'm not able to really be as creative as I'd hope to be because I'm trying to figure everything out as we're going. Yeah. And that's like, uh, that brings me to another thing is like, I think with my, you know, social media and my Instagram, all you see is, is, um, my face, but we're actually a, a team of, of people. And, and the client also has a big role in, in what I do. Cause it's not, oh, yeah. I think people have this image where it's like, I just like, okay, sit, cat, right. sit. And then I'd get my <laughs> camera out, but no, it's a whole, it's a whole team effort. And I think like when you do have those backup plans, if you don't have those backup plans, the client is just sort of like sitting there staring at you because as a photographer, like you can't really direct animals like, like you can people, but you can like direct the owner and be like, Oh, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? Because my biggest focus has to be, you know, getting the picture. And then at the same time, you're like moving with, with these subjects. So you have to like really communicate with the client's owners. And then I have an assistant as well. Who's, who's trained in cats for, for studio. So they can really, they know a lot um, too, but 
I can't really, you don't know the animal until you show up. So that's where the owner also really has to come in, come into play. So you can't just like sort of show up and be like, Hey, I'm gonna, well, let's just figure it out as we go. And then like the client's just like, what, what do we do? You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's always the worst feeling whenever you can sense them just like staring at you, like, what are you doing? Like, what are, what are we doing next? And like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't, <laughs> or we'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah. And and like that makes so much sense having them there too. I don't know why I just assumed it was like they come and drop off a cat and just be like, "All right, bye, no. do your do your magic." Um, <laughs> but like, uh, but having them there, like that makes so much more sense to where you can be more of like a director, and like, okay, this is what I'm wanting. You know, it, do you think you could help get them into this position uh, because they're more comfortable with them? instead of someone that they just met 15 minutes ago uh trying to move them around or get them to do some sort of action or something yeah because you you don't know you don't know the the pets as well as they do so oh yeah um you can you can recognize their behavior and sort of like how to use work with the owner to sort of manipulate that behavior in a way that that makes sense and my degree is actually, I went to film school. And so my degree is actually in, in film. So I don't know if like, that's where I get that role of like, sort of like director almost. Uh -huh. But, but I, I think that, that. that works better for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm thinking of like, uh, times that I've photographed pets before. And I'm usually have like, the owner's head, like right over my shoulder, just like trying to get their <laughs> attention uh, to look my way because I'm like, they're not going to pay attention to me because they don't know me and they don't, they don't know, uh, like they have no relationship with me, but being able to direct and have, uh, have their owner, someone who has that deep connection with them, be able to do, uh, get them to, to do the things that, that we're, we're looking for. And that's why I think the lens is super important as well. And mm, that's why mm. I know a lot of photographers are like, why do you do everything telephoto? Cause I, I usually shoot at 200 millimeter, yeah. which I know looks crazy. I'm like showing up into <laughs> someone's house and I'm like, let's go with this giant lens. Right. Like, are but we photographing I, birds across the street right now? Outside, <laughs> yeah. People are like, well, what do you need that? Because it's like with telephoto, I can get the owner right next to that pet. Like they don't have to be behind my shoulder. They can literally mm -hmm. be like inches away from the pet and that's where Photoshop comes in as well. I'm like, as long as you're not covering the subject, feel yeah. free to get your hand in as well, because I'll just Photoshop it out. And so that really works for me too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That is, that is very helpful. Like, especially like with studio type work where it's all the same color background and it's just, you know, quick little healing brush tool. And there we go. Now the owner's hand is, out of there. Uh, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's cool. So would you recommend doing like using uh, something like a, a telephoto, you know, 70 to 200 or, or something like that uh, for someone who's wanting so, to yeah. get into pet photography? So the biggest thing you have to think about with depth of field is that their animals noses are so far away from their eyes. Oh, so it's yeah. like, how and my style this doesn't work for everybody but like my styles could just to blur out the background and that's because normally i'm shooting in people's houses and you don't want to see like the couch in the background you don't want to see their right. shoes on the floor yeah so that's when i was first starting out i was like how do you blur the background 
without with keeping the eyes and nose in focus at the same time because where i see a lot of dog photographers in, in particular who are learning they'll have the eyes in focus but the nose will be just completely out of focus right um if you want to go for that look that's fine but it just creates this illusion that the face is not entirely in focus so i never shoot like under f4 for example I, f- I find the f4 works really well about keeping both but then it's like how do i keep the background also blurred so i don't see all the crap so that's why mm-hmm. i shoot telephoto they like if you want to get do like landscape pet photography where it's like the pet and then like the landscape obviously like i i would do a wide angle but just remember like that's where i think the lens is important just keeping the nose and eyes and focus at the same time oh yeah that's so important that's I mean, that uh, because it's very different than photographing people because our noses are very, very close in, you know, that depth of field. It's it's probably going to be in there unless you're like going macro or something right up by their eyes. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, uh, uh, animals, their their nose is so, so far away. And there's like so much texture in uh, like texture and character in like dogs and cats noses that if it's just blurred out, it loses a lot in that pet portrait. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great tip. Do you have, yeah. uh, do you have a few or any other, uh, any other tips, like anything you would suggest for, uh, listeners who are interested in photographing pets? Uh, you know, we've already, already got good, uh, lens and, uh, and some, some aperture settings, uh, as well as, you know, the directing and and all those, are there any other tips you would have for them? Like as far as equipment or or just in general? Oh, just in general. Yeah. It could be equipment, could be, uh, you know, mindset or whatever. So I think it really depends on if you're going to decide if you're going to do primarily outdoor or indoor, Mm. um, I I could get different advice, but I think like for me, when I do cats, mostly indoor, um, lighting and understanding lighting is going to be extremely important. Um, a lot of people ask me about flash, if, you know, flash bothers or scares the animals when it, when it's in studio, like when, when, you know, it's up here and it's not like directly, they're okay with Mm. it. But I start to run into problems when I'm doing like non-studio, just in the house on camera flash because, you know, it's like right in, in their face. Oh, yeah. So I try to avoid that at all costs because like, I mean, no one really wants to be flash at like a hundred times. So. No, no. And that's where understanding natural light, I think, is very important because um, I primarily I primarily do um, natural light. And I think that's where a lot of the questions come from my own followers, but um, especially with black cats. I know a lot of people, um, I love to do black cats just because I own black cats and they're mm. like, how do you make him look not like a blob, you know, like just like <laughs> sitting on the floor and I'm like, well, it's, it's just the lighting, you know. And a good way that I know if I'm going to have good lighting with cats or really any animals the size of their pupil, um, because like, you know, the bigger the pupil, that just means there's less, it's going to be less light. And I love like the sliver of cats eyes. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't really like the big. I know some people prefer like the big cat eyes, but that just means like your lighting is going to be like, a little very rough. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good sign. But put, you know, luckily cats love the sun. So like getting them close, to, you know, not in the sun directly, but like at least close to it 
are chilling facing any natural light source um obviously if you i wouldn't recommend if if you see any signs of fear like if they're hiding i wouldn't be like okay you just put your flash under the bed and then take their picture under the bed or whatever it's like don't do that because we don't really want to you know it's just it's just a picture and so like they're the, the animal's health is way more important than just getting this picture um so don't do that but like that's another thing we're understanding cats is because i hear from my clients they're like oh you know what our last photographer came in and was you know really loud and like here buddy here buddy to a cat and the cat was like oh my god and then they're like <laughs> they just sort of like hid so that's again we're, we're understanding the the animals because if you do scare them into oblivion it's gonna be it's gonna be impossible to get their picture or good lighting of them because they usually hide in in dark areas oh, yeah. um so yeah just uh, that's where your also lens comes in like you have to make sure that you have a lens that can work either in low light scenarios or um, can work really well with natural light i think too yeah yeah and there's like a big difference between i remember whenever i had just like the the kit lens that comes with like every camera like that 15 to 85 or whatever that is like mm-hmm. f f 3.5 to 5.6 is like the the cheapest glass out there and then i bought a uh, like a 1.8 50 millimeter and the photos that i took even at 5.6 like they were just so crisp and they had so much more light that i was like oh like the the quality of the lens means a lot and it's not just the like the aperture uh and everything so having like that good quality lens is gonna allow you much much better lighting scenarios uh to where you don't always have to have them like here let's go like sit in this windowsill and we'll take this photo I think with with pets, since you can't they're not like humans and you can't really direct them, you mm-hmm. have to get that's where equipment is like super important um because you have a lot of times it's like you're just not gonna have the perfect scenario um and so it's like your equipment has to be forgiving and that's why for my other like I totally forgot about this my second like biggest thing that I tell pet, pet photographers or aspiring pet photographers is you've got to get good at photoshop you've got to get good at because like for example like leashes with dogs like where i live it's against oh, yeah. it's against the law to have have a dog off a leash even if they're fully trained like I, i'm not about to get my clients in trouble and i don't want that kind of heat so right yeah it's like please and then so it's like but you have to take that out or even like i've had clients be like well they have to be on a harness they can't be on a on a leash and in, in a in a collar mm-hmm. so then you have to you then you have to like literally remove the um entire harness um or it's just like what it like, yeah, like I said, like arms going in and I've had to remove like full blown people out of the background. So it's just because you have to think that with pets, you can't control much. And so it's like, how do you have to fix all of this stuff that's going to potentially be in all of your images? So definitely yeah. study Photoshop if you want to work with pets. I, I've had to remove harnesses before yeah. and that's a lot. You can't just like pull from anywhere, like pull some fur over on Photoshop and paint it on there because like it's all moving in different directions and there's different mm-hmm. shades and, and all that. And it's, it, it took a lot. It was not just a quick little, let me just pull this up. Like, you know, 30 seconds we will be done. Um, like if you're 
you know, I'd switch people's faces quite a bit in doing mm-hmm. like large group family photos. I'm like, I'm just going to take your face from this one, oh, yeah, throw it over that, here. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's, that's a really good tip. Uh, like there's a lot that goes into pet photography, um, more than just showing up and taking a photo. Um, and I, I love that. Uh, I love the, the behind the scenes, getting to see all of that, uh, like that arsenal of, of gear and knowledge and training and everything that goes into creating a photo. Um, yeah, that's, that's just so where cool. practice comes in. Um, I mm-hmm. photographed just, you know, friends, family, friends, friends of friends for free for like a year. And I learned so much um, just by doing that. And that's why definitely practice, practice, practice before you decide to like start going out in the field. And because you'll just learn so much and how to handle like every situation you could be thrown into. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I am 100 percent with you there on (laughs) on practicing before, especially before charging people, because you don't want to be like I I mean, I think you should always be learning on the job. Uh, I, I always try and take something away from every photo shoot that I do. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't be like learning your basics um, while people are paying you um, because that is a uh, you're you're being a professional. Um, yeah, they're paying you. So awesome. Well, cool. Well, Tonka, thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed getting to talk to you and just like see into the life of a pet photographer um before we wrap up there's a part of the show that i always like to ask uh, my guests uh what you're loving this week it could be you know a new movie a tv show something a book a new food or whatever is there something you're loving this week i mean <laughs> that's so hard but like i i am like a crazy cat lady through and through and i think my cool. answer will <laughs> always be cats like i just I, nice. I just love educating myself about cats and um, I read books constantly on cats um, and death. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, I like I just like scare spooky things, too. So it's almost yeah. Halloween. I've been Halloween shopping pretty much once a week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the all the spirit Halloween stores are starting to put up their signs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I feel this like it is not. Uh, it does not feel like it's anywhere close to fall here in Texas, but <laughs> I am, I am always in a Halloween mood. I was actually texting with, I always do a, a fun, like spooky photo shoot in September, um, every year just for free and have, you know, people come out and model and, uh, and do like some, some interesting Photoshop stuff. And, uh, I had, a, uh, someone texted me yesterday, like, so have you already set a date for your spooky photo shoot? Cause I want to be in on this. And I was like, I really need to do that because it's coming up. It is, it's coming up soon. Um, are there any, I know you said that you love learning about cats and reading about cats. Is there anything in particular that you've learned recently that you're like, that's really cool. I didn't know this before. Um, I would say, um, introducing cats to kids um I don't have kids so it's not something that I ever thought about but there Mm -hmm. is like always like people talk about this thing called toxoplasmosis in cats which is like um a a, you know just an infection that you can get from animals or like raw meat or whatever so there was like this thing that's like pregnant woman don't be around cats they can kill you know your baby and all this stuff but you know you're more likely to get toxoplasmosis from raw meat than you are actually 
um, a cat. Which, so it's pretty sad to see people giving up their cats because of that, you know, that wife's tales. So, right. Yeah. That is good to know. That is something that needs to be spread. Like that is not, uh, is not as dangerous as people. Cause I remember when, uh, when my wife was, was pregnant, we were, um, with, with our, our youngest, um, were we house? I think we were house sitting for a friend and they had, uh, they have a cat and they were like, John, you're going to have to clean the litter box. You're going to have to do all these things because she can't be around the cat because of, I can't even say the word, but, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that disease. And I was like, okay. And, uh, yeah, so that's good to know that, uh, that you're more likely to get that from, from raw meat or something and not cats. So don't be, don't be afraid of cats anymore. Also, yeah. I, I, I'm loving that the stigma of black cats being like, you know, evil or whatever, or like a bad omen is moving away. And like, as we're um, growing into future generations, I feel like people are much more embracing black cats these days uh, than like, I remember whenever I was a kid. Uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like my grandmother, if there was a black cat crossing the road, she'd be like, stop the car. We can't we have to like go down a different street or something oh like this gosh. is a bad omen. We can't cross the path. And I was like, OK. And then we had a black cat later. Um, but, yeah. But um, OK, uh, let's see. What am I loving? I am loving this week. Um, I recently saw the movie Nope. Um, Jordan Peele's new mm -hmm. uh, horror movie was is it good? very is very good um oh, it's awesome. it was it was in line with his other um you know get out and us um he did a really good job it was is a great storyline it was very interesting um an interesting take that has not been seen before with uh with aliens i don't think that is a spoiler to say that it's about aliens because uh, that's in the trailer but uh but yeah it's a it's a different it's a different twist um and he kind of keeps with the uh the that like horror movie notion of uh the best horror movies are the ones that you don't see the uh the monster or the you know whatever is supposed to be scary until mm -hmm. almost the end of the movie and he he stays with that and it was uh it was really good i i enjoyed it i want to go see it again in theaters um just knowing what i know now and then watch it again um but yeah isn't it sort one. of like commentary about hollywood and being sort of like sucked into like the the hollywood sort of la vibe of like perfection and uh-huh yeah there's definitely definitely some of that uh that storyline going in there too um with like the the main people being like descendants of the first uh the the first person ever on uh in moving uh motion picture yeah. uh, was just uh this black jockey on a horse uh just like i think it was like 12 frames or something just repeated and their descendants and like train horses and stuff um and yeah it was there's a lot of of interesting um like side stories in in that movie um so if you're if you're into horror movies i definitely recommend it also it wasn't like like jump scare type horror movie you know slasher type thing um as more suspense uh which i really like those and the psychological mm -hmm. type 
uh twists but um but yeah okay well cool well tonka thanks so much this has been really great i've enjoyed uh getting to talk with you where can people find you online out there follow you along uh learn more about cats and and how to photograph them yeah so on tiktok i am the Catoms family and but my business name it is perfect with a p-u-r and not a p-e-r yes. <laughs> so that that's my instagram but yeah that's about it awesome awesome yeah i am i'm a huge fan of puns in in Ooh. business names and like uh and whenever i saw that you were the Caddams family um because i actually I had mentioned you on a podcast like maybe a month or two ago um uh sandra cohn's episode because uh, we were talking about tiktok and stuff and i was like i recently found this lady that takes pictures of cats and i like pulled you up like live on the on the thing to share oh uh, and i was like oh and her handles the Caddams family it was perfect um okay. so yeah i'm i'm a huge fan of those puns and stuff but Thank yeah you. i will i will have uh links to those in uh the show notes uh for all of y'all listeners and uh and yeah thanks so much for for being a part of the show today tonka it was great uh, great having you here Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Light and Dark Photography Podcast. As always, you can check out all the things in today's episode in the show notes at lightdarkco.com slash podcast slash 135. This podcast was recorded in front of a live Facebook audience. Join us for the next live episode by joining the Light and Dark Photography Podcast group on Facebook. You can follow the show on Instagram at lightdarkco. Tonka is at perfectpose perfect with a U and you can find me at all heart photo subscribe to the show. If you like it, uh, share this one with a friend, any, any pet lovers out there, share this episode with them. I'm sure they would love it until next time. I'll see you in the Facebook. Bye.